News regarding Japanese superstar pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto that could affect whether or not the Cardinals will even have a shot at signing him on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter, X at J.D. Sports Radio, and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. Want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can always visit us on YouTube as well. If you haven't done that yet, make sure you stop by, like, subscribe, comment, stay a while so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button. So you know when new episodes are posted because this is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans of baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode being brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time map, create an account, use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. The Cardinals starting pitcher, like the pitcher list, the starting pitching list, whatever you want to call it, for next year, it's got a bunch of names on it. We know that. A lot of them. The, the Cardinals are looking for anybody and everybody that is better than what they had last year to come in and help fix this rotation, get them back on track for next season. A lot of the names you should be familiar with by now, if you have been following this podcast or listening to us uh, for the last few weeks, at least since the offseason started, heck, since July, really, since we started talking about uh, 2024. That's how early that we started already thinking about what we were going to do to fix this team for next year because it was that bad. So names like Aaron Nola, uh, Sonny Gray, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, uh, you, you're, you're familiar with them. Those are a few of the headliners uh, from the group of guys that are actually here in the United States that they can sign. Now, overseas, in Japan, got a few other names that have popped up that the Cardinals most certainly will have some interest in. In fact, Many fans, uh, at least what I'm gathering from the comments that people have sent me and tweeted at me, would actually prefer that the Cardinals sign at least one of the pitchers from Japan and then another one from the guys here in the States and then make a trade as kind of the plan of attack for Mo and company this offseason to fix the rotation that was oh so bad in 2023. And I'm fine with that. I mean, they've probably got a couple of different game plans. Like there's probably, you know, you've got your top probably 10 to 15 free agent starters that you're looking at. And then that's when you dip down into the trade ideas, you know, depending on how good you've got these free agent guys listed. And uh, of course, the Japanese guys, they're all intertwined. So, I mean, there's multiple game plans that are probably going on here. But I would assume that. These guys over in Japan are getting plenty of attention from the Cardinals. We know that they've been over there scouting. We, we've heard those reports. The number one target that is coming over from Japan, if you're not familiar, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I know. Go ahead. Say it with me. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. If you're not familiar with them, basically the god of pitching <laughs> over in Japan right now. The dude has won the Japanese Triple Crown for pitchers three times. Three times in a row, 2021, 2022, now again in 2023. He's been an all-star five times. 
He's been the MVP twice. He's got two gold gloves. He's thrown two no-hitters. One of them was this year. Guy's amazing. And what separates him from the guys that are going to be free agents here in the United States is that he is only 25 years old. The other guys are all around 30. 25. Right in his prime. His numbers this year, 17 and 6. 1.16 ERA. 176 strikeouts and 171 innings. Dead ball era in Japan or not? Because that's what we keep hearing is that it's a dead ball era right now over there. Pitchers, numbers are much higher than what they probably should be. Whether you believe that or not, the dude is good. Okay? You don't just come up with those numbers and just on accident, especially three years in a row. So um, Andrew Wang over at RedbirdRants.com has Yamamoto on his recent list of Japanese players that the Cardinals should or shouldn't go after. He wrote an article where there's two of them that he thinks they should target, two of them they should stay away from. Yamamoto was one of the two that he said they should sign. And uh, here's what he had to say about Yoshinobu. The uncertainty surrounding the top Japanese players has also cleared up tremendously in recent years. And Yamamoto should be the next in long line of success stories, comparing him to Yu Darvish, Tanaka, Senga, and even Otani as a pitcher, might even be selling him short. It's possible that he could be the best Japanese starting pitcher to ever reach Major League Baseball so far. I'm looking at you, Roki Sasaki, who was the guy that isn't ready to come over to the Major Leagues yet, but is a fireballer, triple digits. Dude, stuff is sick. You saw him in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Yamamoto will be attached to a hefty posting fee from his team, but unlike Nola or Snell, the Cardinals will not forfeit a draft pick by signing him. Moreover, he's by far the youngest starter available on the free agent market. At only age 25, it's likely Yamamoto will continue to improve his craft, just like the 23-year-old Shohei Otani did when he arrived in 2018. Only time will tell just how good the young ace can be. Now. The Cardinals have had some decent success in signing players from overseas. But Yamamoto is going to be sought after from not just the Cardinals, but many other Major League Baseball teams. Very few of them are not going to be involved with an attempt to sign Yamamoto. And I'm talking about the big fish, the big budget guys. More specifically, the guys in New York the Yankees, the Mets. Uh, we were doing a, a locked-on MLB call today with uh, hosts and hostesses of, of different teams and stays from the New York Yankees. I was talking to Aster. I was like, who, who's the number one target for the Yankees this year? Since, uh, you know, they're kind of in the same boat as the Cardinals where they didn't make the playoffs. It's weird for them. Uh, first thing out of her mouth, Yamamoto. That's who they're going after. Um, and even if the Cardinals had all the money in the world, all the money in the world to just throw at them, there's one thing that the Cardinals cannot offer him that these other cities can, and that's market size, which, according to a recent story, is kind of a big deal to him. Uh, Will Salmon at The Athletic wrote about Yamamoto on Monday and said this, MLB players typically do not reach free agency until around 30 years old. So Yamamoto presents a special opportunity for clubs willing to spend a lot of money on the potential for quality pitching. The New York Mets loom among the teams who fit that description. Their farm system features more promising position players than pitchers. Their rotation contains vacancies, and they don't have a can't-miss ace 
in their organization ready to claim a spot out of spring training. Sound familiar? Sounds a lot like the Cardinals. Uh, in order to be seen as a legitimate playoff contender, the Mets need another starter to pair with Kode Singa, who thrived as a 30-year-old rookie in 2023 after coming over from Japan. Similar to how Senga felt last offseason, Yamamoto covets the opportunity to play in a large market, league sources say. Now, for those of us who have lived in St. Louis, we may think it's a pretty decent-sized city. It's, it's not some podunk town, but it's nothing, absolutely nothing, compared to New York, L.A., Chicago, San Francisco, Houston, Philly, so many more. Like, if you go to market sizes, St. Louis market size is like, I think, 21st right now. I mean, all these other cities blow St. Louis away. You know, I don't I don't know that a lot of, uh, you know, people overseas are talking about St. Louis. They're they're talking about these other large places, specifically in New York and in L.A. You know, usually players who come to St. Louis and enjoy it are, are people who are OK with not being around all the craziness that a big market has. They aren't looking for attention or or worried about their brand. They just want to play ball. They want to win. They want to go home and not deal with all the hoopla. I mean, some of the guys that have been stars in St. Louis, I mean, look at them. They've got some very big similarities with their persona and the type of people that they are. Albert Pujols, very laid-back guy, right? Family-oriented. Adam Wainwright, Southern guy, all about family and faith. He's not a guy that's out partying on the town or anything like that. Edgar Renteria. Very soft-spoken. One of the best shortstops to ever play in St. Louis. Nolan Arenado, his whole life is baseball. Just finally married, has a kid now. Same thing with Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt, super laid-back guy. People make fun of him. I've made fun of him for being almost too laid-back. Scott Rowland, Mark McGuire, very private people. McGuire, the home run chase, blew him up. But he loved being in St. Louis because of the privacy that he had. I mean, the flashiest guy the Cardinals have had over recent years, maybe like Jim Edmonds. Am I forgetting anybody? Jimmy Edmonds, maybe. And I'm sure there are some other flashier guys, but just saying that a player seeking outside fame and fortune doesn't normally come to middle America to gain recognition. That's just not what they do, which puts the Cardinals in a spot when it comes to attracting these top players from overseas. You know, it's a, it's a tough spot. I mean, the guys they have brought over, so Taguchi, KK, Sengwano, the final boss, or the last boss, what was it? Final boss? I think that's what it was. But none of them were like the guy that Yamamoto is, or he's a superstar. The story continues from Salmon talking about how the Mets Kodai Senga's experience in New York this year and ability to adapt quickly is something that Yamamoto would be attracted to. Plus, you know, they got all the money in the world, outbid everyone if they want to. And then he wrapped up his story mentioning the Dodgers, Giants, Cubs, Yankee, all the big city teams as other teams who could make a serious run at Yamamoto. Cardinals not in on that list. Now there is one thing that the Cardinals do have in their corner that these other teams don't have. And that is a guy by the name of Lars Newbar, who along with Arenado share an agent with Yamamoto. So that's an end. 
Josh Jacobs at RedbirdRants.com also pointed out that the Cardinals have strong business relationships with the team that Yamamoto plays for, the Oryx Buffaloes, and have worked to build a great network in Japan over recent years. And if you hadn't heard, Newton and Otto were actually just overseas in Japan this past week and actually saw Yamamoto throw in person. They talked to him. Like, uh, they've got his ear. I just don't know if this is where he's going to want to be. Because that's great and all. But if he wants to be in a large market, he's going to go to a large market. And there's nothing the Cardinals can do about it. They're just kind of screwed. Like I said, you could throw all the money in the world at him. But if he's not going to be happy there, he's not going to want to go there. So who else did Wang have on his list as guys that the Cardinals should target? Well, there's one that he thinks they should target. There's two other ones. That he thinks, uh-uh, don't don't do it. Stay away from them. So I'm going to share those guys' names with you next on Locked On Cardinals. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, the music, the comedy, the theater that is around you, anywhere you want to go. Even if you're going on vacation, you can you know go on the app and you find anything you want in that particular city that you're going to. Uh, with great deals on last-minute tickets and the best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for the fun you're about to have. Uh, my my wife and my father-in-law recently went to Nashville, wanted to go see uh, their favorite team, the Cincinnati Bengals, play against the Tennessee Titans. One of the worst games that they've ever been to because the Bengals looked awful. But game time is how they got their tickets. That's what they went through. They got on the app. I told them about it. I was like, here, try this. They got these cool flash deals and whatnot, so uh, you should check it out. Boom, found deal on tickets that they liked right away. Bought them. And you can do it for basketball, NBA getting ready to start up. Uh, obviously, you've got concerts, you got comedy, NHL. Want to see the Blues out of town? You want to see them in town? Game time. Get in on it. Game time guarantee there as well, which means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and the same row for less money, game time doesn't stand for that. They will credit you 110% of the difference. Send directly to your phone, snag the tickets without the stress. You can do it with game time. It's very easy. Download the app, create an account, use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Create an account, redeem code locked on MLB, 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. You can leave comments on YouTube uh, as well as on Twitter X anytime you want. Feedback, always welcome and encouraged. Uh, I've been having a good time on on Twitter talking with uh, Cardinal fans about the playoffs. We're going to talk more about them here in just a little bit because there's a lot of uh, Cardinal flavor among the teams that are remaining. So uh, we'll talk about that here in just a bit. But first, back to the article at RedbirdRants.com about the Japanese pitchers. You know, Yamamoto. One of the two pitchers they should try and sign, according to uh, Wang's article. The other one was relief pitcher Yuki Matsui. Now, the article says this about Matsui, that he recently notched his 200th career save, becoming the youngest in NPB history to accomplish the feat. He's posted an ERA under two in four of the last five seasons, including a remarkable 0.63 ERA through 43 innings in 2021. His strikeout numbers, which should look similar in MLB, are also electric. 
He doesn't have the velocity of Jordan Hicks and Ryan Helsley, but Matt Suey's command and breaking pitches make up for it, resulting in a 12K per nine in his career. Matt Suey did have a bit of trouble with the MLB baseball at the 2023 WBC, but many Japanese pitchers have noted a quick adjustment, so the level of concern should be low. Perhaps his most valuable tool, tool however, is his availability. With Giovanni Gallegos' high leverage effectiveness in question, Ryan Helsley's availability and health spotty at times, Hicks traded to Toronto and an injury to breakout reliever Jojo Romero, Matsui would be a perfect back-end bullpen arm to solidify the staff who won't command nearly as large a contract as top free agent closer Josh Hader. Matsui is notably available in an international as an international free agent, which means he will not be attached to a posting fee. Nice. Or the Cardinals don't have to give up draft pick in compensation. He goes on to say the Cardinals' primary focus this offseason should be on starting pitching, but Matsui's ceiling as a cheap all-star worthy closer makes him a very intriguing option for the pen. All right. What in that doesn't sound good, <laughs> right? Like he sounds like a John Mose lock target for sure. Not exactly low-hanging fruit by any means, but not the superstar level starting pitcher that's going to get all the attention from all the other teams. So while they're all fighting over Yamamoto and the Cardinals are probably like, eh, we're probably not going to get him anyway. Sneak in, go get this guy, stick him in the pen. Hell, maybe you could turn him into a, a starting pitcher. It's been done before. But as I mentioned, the bullpen needs help too. It's not like the bullpen was that good. How many blown saves did I have this year? In the 20s somewhere. I think it was like 24, 25 was the last count. I quit counting after a while because I was like, it doesn't matter. We're out. <laughs> but bullpens are huge these days. Huge. Five innings for a starter is normal. Now, they don't really go much farther than that. So that means almost half the game is your bullpen. And I said it last offseason. If you're, if you're not going to put together an elite top rotation, if you're not going to do that, and you're stuck with guys that aren't going to be as good, then why not make your bullpen like a stronger part of your team? Why not do that? It's cheaper than buying all the starters. You don't have to give out seven and eight-year deals. This offseason, the Cardinals chose not to address either, and we saw the results of that. So um, I'm in. Call me in. Call me in on Matsui. Hook it up. Uh, the other two names that Wang brings up as uh, guys the Cardinals should avoid, you've got two starters. All right, I hope I don't butcher this one. Nayuki Uwasawa? I'm going to go with that. Nayuki, Nayuki Uwasawa, and then a guy we've talked about before, Shota Imanaga. Now, for Uwasawa, Wang says that he would fit seamlessly <laughs> into the group of guys like John Lester, Wade LeBlanc, Casey Lawrence, Jay Happ. Says he's been just fine in the NPB career, in his NPB career, but he's not anything particularly special. The fighter starter pitched to a 2.96 ERA and a 1.135 whip in 2023. And while those numbers would be fantastic in Major League Baseball, they're just under league average in the dead ball environment in Japan. 6.6K per nine also does not help the Cardinals' need for increased strikeouts with numbers below his career averages in 2023. It's possible that Uwasawa is exiting his prime, count on MLB hitters to feast on his lackluster fastball velocity. So the Cardinals are looking for strikeout material from whatever country they get any pitchers from. So 
if he's not striking out dudes over there, probably not going to happen over here. So cross him off the list. We don't want him. Now, Imanaga is somebody that, as I learned more and more about him, I started to talk myself into liking him even more. I still like him. I still like him. But Wang says in the article, of all these pitchers, the Cardinals have scouted Imanaga the most. His strikeout ability, intriguing. But his 10.6 Ks per nine in 2023 is considerably higher than his career rate of 9.4. So it may be a case of overperformance. However, the real concern with Imanaga is run prevention. He was great in 2022 with a 2.26 ERA. But aside from that, he sat between 2.8 and 3 in recent seasons, resembling Uwasawa much more than Yamamoto. His plus fastball is very intriguing. And if he can put the pieces together at the major league level, he will become a premier starting pitcher. However, the Cardinals are in need of proven talent, and Imanaga might not fit the bill. Now, the reason that I, I you know, Wayne can have his opinion here, and it's fine. And I've never seen Imanaga pitch. That's why I go to these guys about some of these, these free agents because I don't know who these guys are for that for much. You know, like I I'm not in Japan. That's not that's not my thing. <laughs> I've never been there. But knowing that the Cardinals have a couple of places to fill, you know, like if we're talking two and three guys, not all of them are gonna be superstars. They can't be. This is not realistic. Trying to get top-end free agent talent is not going to be easy. Trying to prove to them not to go to bigger cities and markets, it ain't going to be simple. So if Imanaga is a tier below, so be it. But you got to get somebody. Then that's the problem. It'd be different if the Cardinals needed just one pitcher. You know, they could spoil that person by overpaying them to win them over and sell us as the fans, the baseball heaven, as a better place to play than those large markets, which I still firmly believe is true. Maybe that's just me because I'm a Midwest guy that I would rather play in a city like St. Louis than in a place like New York. It just seems like it might be overwhelming <laughs> for some people, and it has been over many years to certain players. Like Sonny Gray, really good in Oakland, goes to New York, doesn't have a great time there, leaves and is back to being an all-star caliber pitcher in Cincinnati and Minnesota. You know, it just doesn't always work out for some of these guys in those bigger markets. But to need at least two and possibly three starters as well as bullpen hope, uh, help, uh, Mo is certainly going to have his work cut out for him. I mean, this offseason is going to be tough. There's going to be some tough decisions made. There are going to be people who tell him no not because he's a bad person or because the cardinals lowballed some of these free agents it's because they want to go to the bigger markets so i'm going to link the full article in the show notes below but let me know your thoughts on what you would do to try and persuade guys like yamamoto the the, the big ticket guys like a blake snell how do you how do you sell them st louis like a guy like him, he, he was in Tampa Bay, smaller market. Not a lot of fans there. Goes to San Diego, much bigger city, beautiful place. A lot of money flowing around. How do you how do you pull him out of that and make him come to St. Louis? How do you do it? 
I want to know what you guys think they should do to try to get some of this. Uh, how would you persuade them to bring the talent to the loo? You're going to butter them up with toasted ravs and take them up in the arch? <laughs> what are you going to do? Let me know below. We're going to talk some playoffs next on Lockdown Cardinals. October baseball is back, and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets. That is guaranteed, by the way, when you place your first $5 bet. Like, you are going to get $200 in bonus bets just by placing a $5 bet. That's it. That's all you got to do. And they just give you $200 in bonus bets kind of nice so visit fando.com slash locked on create your new account if you haven't done that already i've got my account that's that's where i go for all my betting then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game um adolis garcia doing some good things right now (laughs) is he locked in or what gosh they shouldn't have upset him anyway um More home runs from him, perhaps. And if you don't want to wait the whole game to get a W, predict what will happen the next at bat. You can do that with their quick bets, which is a lot of fun. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets. That is guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. In a shocking turn of events, at least for me, uh, the Phillies did not eliminate the Diamondbacks tonight. As we record this on Monday night, uh, despite having Aaron Nola, perhaps future Cardinal Aaron Nola on the mound, who who finally struggled. It finally happened. You know, we've heard from the Philly fans about how, you know, up and down, up and down. You never know which Nola you're going to get this year. And he'd been really good so far in the postseason, but he was not. On Monday, gave up back-to-back jacks in the second inning to Lourdes Gurriel Jr., a guy we talked about that maybe the Cardinals should look into in free agency. And another guy who's going to be a free agent, former Cardinal Tommy Pham. Back-to-back jacks for Gurriel Jr. and Pham. D-backs tacked on another one in that inning, gave themselves a 3-0 lead. Nola lasted just four and a third innings, gives up four runs, six hits, two walks, four strikeouts. Now, does this take the shine off of his previous postseason starts? Yeah, a little bit, because if the Phillies don't win game seven on Tuesday, that's the last memory you have of Aaron Nola is that he didn't pitch very well. Now, will it be enough to sway the Phillies to not sign him? I doubt it. (laughs) You know, his body of work is pretty good over his career. Cardinals are still going to have to outbid and prove that leaving the only city that he's played in and has found all the success in is a better idea, which, again, is not going to be easy whatsoever money's going to be talking in that situation and um i would assume you're really going to have to outbid philly by a lot if you're going to get him to walk away from that city uh also credit to merrill kelly merrill kelly was awesome tonight brilliant for the snakes five innings one run three hits swift eight and he was none too happy about getting pulled for the arizona bullpen but their bullpen's been really really good uh for quite some time now and uh, they threw four more shutout innings. Gets the 5-1 to win to force Game 7 on Tuesday in Philly. Exciting stuff. And then you got Game 7 going on right now. 
Rangers game uh, just got Rangers and the Astros just got underway a little bit ago. Uh, time of this recording, top of the third inning, Rangers are up four to one. Had that big first inning, went up three nothing right away. Got the solo dinger by Corey Seager. Got an RBI by uh, Adolis Garcia. Hit one off the top of the wall and left off the Crawford boxes. Stood and watched it, so he only got a single. But to make up for that, he stole second and then ends up scoring on a Mitch Garver hit. Um, Mad Max Scherzer on the mound tonight. Got knocked around a little bit in his return his uh, last time by the Astros uh, coming back from that, from the injury. But, you know, if he gets locked in, Adolis Garcia, another solo shot. I think it was an opposite field shot. I was doing the podcast here, so I didn't get to see it, but I think he hit another one. I know that. Woke the sleeping giant, man. But you never count the Astros out in any of these games. I mean, that's why they've gone to seven straight ALCSs, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. They're the defending champs, but uh, not a great start for Christian Javier for the Astros. I think he lasted just six hitters or something. Ugh. Not good, not good, but uh, an exciting game. So hopefully you're watching um, Game 7, ALCS. Anyway, going to wrap things up. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, give us a follow on Twitter X, LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Would appreciate that. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube. We're still inching our way towards 8,000 subscribers. I know business is going to pick up as soon as the offseason picks up and the playoffs are done, and then we get the GM meetings and you get the winter meeting, you get all that stuff. I know it's going to pick up, but it would be cool if we could get to 8,000 before the end of uh, October. That's personal goal of mine. So if you don't have a subscription to us yet, it doesn't cost you anything, like, subscribe. I would appreciate that. You're the best fans of baseball for a reason. I'll see you next time. Unlocked on Cardinals. Go Rangers!